don't be bashful. I want to know how many of you guys remember those old black telephones. Rotary dial. Raise your hand. I don't see. Oh, oh, okay. I'm afraid some of you might miss, you know, but I know a lot of you about as old as I am or, or somewhere in there. But, you know, we have gone from that, speaking of which, I need to turn mine off, to this in your pocket and, and all that stuff that it'll do. I remember when they didn't have no telephone talk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, and do you remember and do you remember the party line? Yes. You know what that's about. Oh, man. And, and to think, you know, where we've gone, and we'll talk about here in a few minutes where we're going to go. But um, uh, so we've gone from that to those these phones are carrying our parts. And then I bought me this thing here. Seven dollars and ninety-nine cents. Seven ninety-nine on the internet. And it, it will uh, it'll take my blood pressure, my heart rate, count how many steps you do, how many cal and it does tell time. <laughs> but so I bought this thing and uh, Got it in, and, and I thought, now what am I going to do? But so my grandson was nearby, one of my grandsons, and I said, hey, come here. And, and so he helped me through that, got it going, and where I could read some things on it and all that. So as we talked, now he, he has, uh, he's 17. He acquired a, a, a girlfriend at where he works. He works at Chick-fil-A up there in Maryville, Alcoa. And his girlfriend worked there, so she insists that he come to her church. And he'd been learning some things. And so from from doing the watch thing, we started talking. He said, well, what about, he called me Papa, Papa, what about? So, so we started with Abraham. Make a long story short, we ended up with Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, filling in some blanks, but uh, for him. But I have this I have this map of the world, about three by three. And so we're talking about you know, Iran, Iraq and Syria, all the Egypt, all those around there. I said, Well, Austin, you wanna do you know what all the fuss is about? He said, What do you mean? I said, So I held that thing up. I said, Find Israel on this map. Now when you see a map of the whole world <laughs> I said, he couldn't find it. Till I, I said, right there, that little, he said, are you kidding? I said, all of them want that. And we'll see here in a little bit, they ain't gonna get it. <laughs> but that's, you know, that was, that was sort of amazing to him that they, all of those with all that, he said, you mean all of that? And I said, yeah. And Jerry was talking about this morning, Ishmael and, and Isaac and so forth, and all those Ishmaelites out there want Isaac's peace. Well, uh, and, and I know you hear this every Sunday, but it's true what, what Jerry talks about in Sunday school. Uh, he used some of the scripture I'm going to use today a little bit. And, you know, that's not coincidence. That's that's God. I mean, that's already said. Jeff gets it. By the way, they said I didn't have to use that uh, earpiece, that thing, that mobile thing today, because it's kind of crackly and stuff. 
And it started last week when Jeff used it. Uh, and I said, and they said, well, it was cutting out. And I said, with Jeff, and I said, so what? <laughs> but anyhow. And you got a little map for those on the internet. By the way, the internet. Um, there's some folks on there that, whose names appear every week when, when we do. And, uh, and by the way, Janie apologizes. She, we intended for her to be here, but some days it just don't work. But uh, she and I are there, Lisa and, and, uh, and Robert in Colorado. There's uh, uh, Ralph and Barb up in way, way up north. I mean, it's, he, he came through here last summer just for a bit and he couldn't get over the heat. He said, we gotta get back where we don't need air conditioning. But, and then there's uh, uh, Jose and what's his wife's name? Anna. Anna in Chicago, isn't it? Yeah. And, the, and then there's several, if they're over here on the side, there, there'll be several anonymous every week. And uh, uh, it, it, we don't know, you know, like Ken was saying, we don't know how many that all that represents. But it's, it's to us, it's the lifeblood to keep connected with you folks. But anyhow, we, you got a map, and for those on the internet, it's a map of the Middle East from Babylon to Jerusalem. And it shows two probable routes that the uh, Israelites took in two, on two different, uh, at least two different occasions, back to the homeland from Babylon captivity. And notice in particular, uh, the reason I picked this one, it's, it's pretty simple for me, but the two date ranges up there at the top, uh, the first one, 538 B.C., when the first considerable group returned to Jerusalem, and then in 457 to 428 B.C., when Ezra and Nehemiah came across to build on the uh, on the wall. I thought I turned that off. Oh, my son Michael said says, and I'm glad I didn't get it turned off. He says one of the anonymous today is me. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, there we go. I didn't hit that button. Now I got to do that. Okay. I got it. Now, boy, them old black phones, you didn't, I mean, there was one in the house, and you was hoping the battery was still up on it, and you'd run to get it. But anyhow, so we're going to go to Zechariah this morning, Zechariah. Now, Zechariah was a contemporary, and forgive my, this is the only way I can remember this stuff. Uh, Zechariah and, and Haggai were contemporaries. They both uh, came across in that same, one of those uh, uh, groups, that first group. And in Zechariah chapter 1 is where we're going. Now, Zechariah, the word Zechariah means um, Yahweh remembers. Yahweh remembers. Is a common name in Israel, at least 27 
people called Zechariah that know of. And he was a prophet and a priest. He was young when he came across to, to back to Jerusalem. Again, prophesying, and uh, as it indicates that he was young, chapter 2, verse 4, but probably born in Babylon. Uh, Babylonian captivity returned to Palestine early in life at 536. Now, Cyrus gave the decree that they could leave and go back in 538, so two years later. And he became a leading priest in the restoration community uh, at that time. And uh, um, his grandfather also was a priest, Ido, I-D-D-O. We'll see his name here in a minute. He returned from captivity in 536 also, and Zechariah's father, Berechiah, evidently never became very prominent as a priest. Maybe he died at an early age, don't know. But Zechariah lived when Israel had no military, no political power, no influence much in the world. They'd been in captivity for 70 years. Now Haggai and Zechariah both prophesied about the same time and Haggai emphasized, uh, as it indicates in Haggai 1.8, build the house. God said, build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored. His emphasis was on build the house. And uh, Zechariah's emphasis was, as we'll see in a minute, indicated in the first few verses, return to me. Now here again, Jerry was talking about Epistrepho this morning in Matthew 18 when Jesus said, be converted. And that word doesn't mean be born again. It means turn around, turn to me. So Zechariah's message was return to me and I'll return to you. Uh, if you want to look up um, in um, uh, James 4, 8, James 4, 8, um, uh, it, says, if, it says if we, uh, well, I better read it, Hannah. James 4, 8. Handle all my gadgets here. It says, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you, God says. And that's that, you know, that message didn't change from Zechariah's day till James's day. And so we're talking about the times of the Gentiles in the life of Israel. And it really began with Nebuchadnezzar, I guess, and is still continuing. Went through, went through Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian and the Medes and the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans, and, and here we are. And it's going to end, though, with the King of Kings. Now, Cyrus issued that edict um, for the Jews to return home in 538. So all the Jews went back to Israel, right? Wrong. There were probably a few hundred thousand or more in Babylon. And in, and if you, there are some places where they, it described how many from each, each tribe and so forth. So about in this first trip back, about 50,000 out of the hundreds of thousands. Now, um, some famous people that did not go back, think for a second. 
Who would those, who would those be? Daniel didn't go back. Esther, Mordecai, several that we are prominent names because what God still had his people in Babylon also, and he used these men and women to minister to them. Now, the ones that came back, um, here in verse 1 of chapter 1, let me get this thing up here now. Uh, it says, in the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, now Darius had taken over, uh, he's, he had taken, had conquered Babylon, uh, the Medes and the Persians, and uh, so he continued Cyrus's edict and said, yes, you can go back. In fact, with his blessing. In the second year of Darius, now why are we talking about Darius instead of, um, you know, Previously, during the period of kings and so forth, it would say in the fourth year of, of uh, Rehoboam or whoever, because there weren't any Jewish kings. There, weren't, there wasn't any structure. So the reference to them and their time comes from the world of the Gentiles calendar. So in the second month, the second, and the eighth month, the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah. Now, um, the first six verses here introduces Zechariah and is it stops right there. And then we'll see here in a minute that it jumps ahead three months and then so forth. But uh, the son of uh, Berechiah, the son of Edo, so the grandson of Edo, the prophet, saying, the Lord has been sore displeased with your fathers. Well, we know that. That's how they got to battle, right? And uh, he says, therefore, Zechariah, say to them, thus saith the Lord of hosts. Let's make an issue here about the Lord of hosts. There are many hosts that the Lord Yahweh has created. Not just angels, but other beings and so forth. But there's only one Lord of all those hosts. And that's where some confusion came back a long time ago and how mankind got off track uh, following some of the creation instead of the creator. But he says, uh, okay, don't be as your fathers were. Uh, be not as your fathers unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn you now from your evil ways and from your evil doings, but they did not hear, nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. So this is how, how they got there. Now now these folks, at this, this 50,000, they had come back, long trip, uh, came back to virtually nothing and start to, started to try to rebuild. They did start building the temple in 538 or 536, but they uh, stopped after, well, I don't know what period of time, but they went back home, went back and said, we got to build our houses, our homes, and they did that. So then, it, then God ushers in Zechariah and Haggai. Said, I want you to build the temple. But here's why. 
not just build it, but here's why. But anyhow, in verse uh, um, verse four, be not as your fathers. In verse five, your fathers, where are they? In the prophets, do they live forever? Obviously not. But who has been there through the whole thing and is still there for his people? God, the creator, the Lord of hosts. He said, uh, you know, they've all gone away, but I'm still here. Now, what do I want? What, what do we do? Verse 6. But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they didn't take hold of. Your, your fathers didn't. And they returned and said, like as the Lord of hosts thought, uh, thought to do unto us according to our ways, according to our doing, so he hath dealt with us. Now, uh, God said back in verse, up in verse 3, Therefore say to them, Thus return unto me. Return. Not just return and build the building. Return and build your lives. Your, your fellowship with me, the Father says. And uh, uh, so then comes this first. Now, Zechariah had eight visions in one night. Eight visions in one night from God. And uh, uh, we're just going to look at a couple of those today to, to get to, to that point. But he says, return to me and I'll return to you. Now, and, and he'd been very angry. God had, can God get angry? Yes, he can. Not like I get angry and without a cause or something. But God uh, can and does. Now, they, these folks get the picture again. The land was desolate. The crops weren't all that good. They were trying to rebuild their houses, trying to rebuild the temple. They didn't have any pile of money. They suffered uh, crop failures and drought, hostile enemies around them. And uh, during this time, you know, they and a lot of these folks had grown up in Babylon. And at this point, especially under these more benevolent kings, things weren't so bad in Babylon for them. Uh, I guess that's why only a portion returned. But now they're thinking, you know, it wasn't too bad over there. We had food, we had clothes, we had, you know, we, we were, it wasn't so bad. And so here they are in a desperate situation, basically. But God sent his men, Zechariah and, and Haggai. Now, uh, by the way, Matthew 23, we won't look there, Matthew 23, Jesus mentioned Zechariah and um, in this particular Zechariah and how and and his his uh, ministry his uh, um, priestly position and and what he did but said that he died between um, between um, Adam and the altar but so he um, was a prominent figure to Jesus and um, now let's look at verse 7. This is the first the beginning of the first vision. Now, the four, uh, uh, upon the four and twentieth day of the eleventh month. 
So we started out in the eighth month. Now we're the eleventh month. So three months later, and this is probably in their on their calendar uh, span somewhere in October to some part of November on the eleventh month, which is the month of Shabbat. That's an important day in Scripture. Um, as you look along in scripture but in the second year of Darius again came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah the son of Berechiah the son of Edo the prophet saying I saw by night and behold a man a man riding upon a red horse now usually a red horse in scripture is indicative of, of war or uh, conflict of some sort and power I saw a man on a red horse and he stood among the myrtle trees the myrtle trees now these apparently in this time frame were a were an evergreen laurel now the only myrtle tree I know about these days is crepe myrtle but I don't think it's the same thing and this myrtle tree is um, a significant type of tree in scripture uh, particularly as part of the one of the uh, types of trees they used to build the brush arbor for the Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Booths, Feast of Tabernacles. And that Feast of Tabernacles, as you read along in Zechariah and other places, is a prominent feast in the coming kingdom, in the uh, uh, God's ministration and, and people's worship of God at in the coming days, in the coming kingdom, and um, the earthly kingdom. And we here again, we talk about the sun school, the earthly and the heavenly, but we're talking about what God does on earth, is going to do, has done, is going to do. By the way, prophecy to me, as I have looked at it, I have decided that it's more than, you know, used to say prophet or prophecy, think about what? Predicting the future or describing the future. Well, here, you know, Haggai, Zechariah, Isaiah, uh, it is both past, present, and future. Every time, now if you'll notice, when you look at prophecy, and particularly here, he's describing what has happened, what is happening with their condition, and then he talks about what he's going to do in the days to come. That's prophecy really it's not just talking about the future so this man riding on a, on a red horse and he stood among myrtle trees that were in the bottom now that word bottom means a ravine or if you were born and raised where I was a holler I was raised in a holler now what's a holler it's it's not not big enough to be a valley you can't call it a valley but there's two ridges going along and then there's a depression or, or a, a significant area maybe an eighth of a mile wide maybe to a quarter of a mile going along where people build houses and the road and I was raised in a holler so this is a this is a uh, maybe this is indicative of their depressed state of mind I don't know so that uh, myrtle trees in the bottom and behind him were some more horses, red and speckled, or, or different colors, and white. Um, then he said, then, then I said, or then said, Oh, I 
Oh, my Lord, what are these? What is this? And the angel that talked with me said, Now, started out with a man on a horse. Now he's saying the angel, describing him as the angel uh, that talked with me, said unto me, I'll show you what these are. He says, The man that stood among the royal trees answered and said, These are they whom the Lord Jehovah hath sent to walk to and fro through the earth. Now, this was a, you know, particularly in the Old Testament, even new, it was written so that uh, those folks had familiarity, like the parables and so forth, with what he was talking about. And they could picture this. Because the rulers of the Medes and the Persians and the Babylonians and so forth, a common uh, um, method for them to find out what was going on out in their kingdom was to send out horsemen and inspect and come back and give a report. And so that's what this is described as here. And he uh, said they were sent out to walk to and from on, on the earth. And so they answered the angel of the Lord. Now he's called the angel of the Lord. It was a man, the angel, now the angel of the Lord. Now this phrase is used quite a bit in several places. Jerry gave one here again this morning in Genesis 16. I'll, and it, I'll just tell you what it is. It's, it, it says the angel of the Lord in verse 7 found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness. This is, this is uh, Hagar, Sarah's uh, handmaid who were, who bore the first son of Abraham. But the angel of the Lord came to her to speak to her. Now, how does God speak? Well, Hebrews 1, you know, it says in these last days, God has spoken to us through his son. Now, there's some other places here. Um, that was Matthew 16. And... Uh, uh, in uh, Genesis 22, when Abraham was about to bring the knife down on Isaac, there was a voice from heaven, and it says it was the angel of the Lord said, stop, I've got other plans. And Abraham goes, you know. But the angel of the Lord is a common phrase. And then in Judges 2, it was when the angel of the Lord came directly to the people of Israel and Gilgal and so forth and giving them instructions. So God, in the Old Testament, when he appeared to man, it was through Jesus. This was, as far as I'm concerned, this man is Jesus. And in verse 11 here, it says, They answered the angel of the Lord that stood among the myrtle trees and said, we have walked to and fro from the earth, and behold, all the earth sits still and is at rest. That's a good thing, right? Well, maybe not. How did they get to that point of rest? It's something we need to be careful about. I have to watch for myself, but they got to that point of rest because they had been conquered. They had disobeyed God, and the Gentiles took over. 
And yeah, they were at rest, but they were without the the type of life God wanted them to have. God doesn't intend for the nation of Israel and his chosen people to be uh, ultimately to be subdued. There's coming a day, as we'll see here in just a minute, that that's going to totally change. But they were at rest, but then God said, the angel of the Lord says, uh, of the angel of Yahweh says, O Lord of hosts, how long will you not have mercy on Jerusalem? This is verse 12. Mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah, against which thou hast had indignation these three score and ten years or seventy years. How long is it going to be? Now this is Jesus, as far as I'm concerned, asking Yehovah. How long is it going to be? What's what's that? So God says, yeah, on the 23rd day of, uh, in the year, blah, blah, blah. No. So the Lord answered the angel that talked with me with good words and comfortable words. Now, I don't, we don't know what those were, but they were good and comfortable. But they were not the date. No one knows that date except one, right? God. And um, in uh, John 1.18, John 1.18, speaking again here of this angel of the Lord and who he is, John 1.18 says, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So in these last days, God declares, he did then and he does now, declares to us through his Son. And uh, then in 1 Timothy 6.16, 1 Timothy 6.16 says, Who only hath immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power and everlasting, power everlasting, amen. No man hath seen God at any time. And so these incidences where God has, a, has appeared to man, so to speak, and for whatever purpose, is through the, uh, the Son, through Jesus the Son. Now, so he says he gave him good and comfortable words. Then verse 14, so the angel that communed with me said unto me, Cry thou, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am jealous, I am zealous for Israel, for, Jer for Jerusalem and for Zion with great jealousy or zeal. Uh, God says, I'm not through. I'm not through. It may look bad, but I'm not through. And he says, I am very displeased with the heathen that are at ease. So above there, you know, he, th those horsemen said, everything's cool. Everything's quiet on the Western Front. God says, I'm very displeased with the heathen that are at ease. Now, he said, for I was but a little displeased and they helped forward the affliction. Now, what is that? He says, yes, I used the heathen, the, gen the heathen Gentiles, I should say, to bring Israel to their knees. 
He said they overdid it. They overdid it, and I don't like it. And he said, I'm going to correct it. They overdid. And I don't know to what extent God would have allowed Israel to be subdued and, and taken to captivity and so forth and all the details with it, but God says they went too far. Now, so in verse 16, Therefore, thus says the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it. And it was. Now we know it was torn down again, but it's coming again. Said the Lord of hosts, and a line shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem, a measuring line, a surveyor's line. It will be exact and distinct. And then he says in verse 17, cry yet and say, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, my cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion and shall yet choose Jerusalem. Amen. <laughs> Now, I mean, let's finish this up right quick here. Vision, another vision, the second vision. He said, I lifted up my eyes and saw, behold, four horns. Now, what does that always indicate in Scripture? Power, nations, um, uh, that, uh, you know, in Revelations, the ten horns and so forth. And he said, I said unto the angel that talked with me, well, what are these? And he answered me, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Probably Nebuchadnezzar, probably Babylon, Medo-Persians, and then for these folks still to come, the Greeks and the Romans. He said, these are the horns which, now you know, God, God sees it all at one time. And so he says, these are the, these are the horns that came and, and crushed my people. And the Lord showed, the, showed me four carpenters, or smiths, or craftsmen. Now, what carpenters use to nail a nail? They use a hammer. He said, he showed me four carpenters. Then I said, well, what, what are they coming to do? He said, and spake, saying, these are the horns which were scattered, which scattered uh, uh, Judah, so that no man, they couldn't even lift up their head. But these craftsmen, are come to fray. That means that that fray don't. That, that's a, kind of a weak word translated there because it means to shudder with terror. God's going to send His craftsmen to shudder those nations with terror, so that. Uh, but these are come to fray them and to cast out the horns of the Gentiles which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter. He's going to crush them. Now, let's close with, i got two little, uh, three little places to go. Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 8. Chapter 8 gives a description of the restored Jerusalem. And uh, he says in verse 2, I was, I was zealous for Zion with great ze jealousy, and I was jealous for her with great fury. Uh, skip down to um, verse 4. Then saith the Lord of hosts, this is describing Jerusalem one of these days. Now they went through cycles where things got better. This prophecy was fulfilled in the near future, but then the ultimate is what we're looking at here. 
The Lord of hosts said, There shall be, yet there shall be old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, and every man with his staff in his hand for very age. And he said, The streets, in verse 5, the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets. No fear, no problem, no, no child abduction. Amen. Amen. God's going to take care of this stuff. Um, and let's look down toward the end of the chapter. Here in verse in chapter 8, he says in verse 22, Yet many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. The nations will be coming. Now watch this. Then says the Lord of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages or shall yeah, shall take hold out of all languages of the nations and even shall take hold of the skirt now let me see tell you what take hold is here it's the same word used when when uh, Moses laid down Aaron's rod before Pharaoh and it became snake and God said pick it back up that's the same word for take hold now when you take hold of the tail of snake you <laughs> You better be pretty sure and be of courage and understand what that what that's about. And then it says, and well, it's also the word used when David, when it says David took hold of the lion's beard. Now, if you're going to take hold of the lion, you better have the power of God with you. But, so he said, uh, they'll take hold, now watch it, they'll take hold of the skirt of a Jew, saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. They have ten, ten of Egyptians and, and Iranians and all that. They're going to come and take hold of a Jew's garment and say, let us go worship with you. We now know who the God, the Lord of the host is. Um, go to chapter 12. I'll just read one there, chapter 12, and it's about verse, um, verse um, 10, I think. Yeah, well, verse, um, verse 9 and 10. It shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. <laughs> He's going to do it. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace. The spirit of grace. And of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one, as one mourneth for his only son, and, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. One more place. Chapter 14, the end of the book. So we covered all of Zechariah this morning. How about <laughs> Not quite, but <laughs> so at the end of that chapter, uh, last two verses, verse twenty. In that day, in that day, shall there be upon the bells of the horses, the bells of the horses, holiness. That what is written, holiness unto the Lord. God's name is going to be written everywhere. Jehovah 
will be understood. It's going to be even on the bells of the horses and the pots in the Lord's house shall be like bowls before the altar. Yet every pot in Jerusalem and in Judea shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts. And all that sacrifice shall come and take of them and, uh, and uh, see therein. And in that day, look here, and in that day there shall be no more Canaanites. They're gone. All the ites will be gone. The giants, the, the, the uh, Canaanites is a general term for all those other ites in many cases. All the Canaanites uh, be no more in the house of the Lord. It's coming. You know, this world just ignores it. Most, of the, most folks just ignore what God has said, but Prophecy is the past, present, and future. And for the nation of Israel and those who love Israel, things are looking pretty good. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your goodness and for your plans that if we trust in you and believe and, and uh, maintain our faith and in what you have said, we can participate in what is coming. Father, help us to be faithful to do that. Guide us in the rest of the time that it will please you. In Christ's name, amen.